Welcome to the men's global live stream. I'm so glad you're with us. If this is your first time, man, you're on week five of a five week series. It's kind of bittersweet. Uh, it's the last week of the series I'm teaching, but I'm so happy you're here. We've been teaching about this concept of being good trouble. You know, Representative John Lewis, who marched with Martin Luther King Jr., he said, if you're gonna be trouble, be good trouble. For decades now, culture has been telling men um, that they're useless, telling men that they're the problem, telling men that they're nothing but trouble. Well, I'm telling you, let's be trouble, but let's be good trouble. The world needs you. Your home needs you. Your children need you. Your community, your church needs you. It's time for us to be good trouble. It's time for us to step in as spirit-initiated men and, and live the life God has called us to live. We don't have to reinvent manhood or masculinity. We don't have to redefine manhood or masculinity. God has given us um, his timeless design, his timeless definition of what it means to be a man, and it's right there in God's word. More so, um, we see it in King Jesus. King Jesus was the greatest man to ever live. He was the greatest man to ever walk this earth. And if we want to know what it means to be God's man, all we have to do is look to him. So we've been talking about being good trouble, right? Uh, the spirit-initiated man what that means for his children. And today I want to talk about what that means um, for marriage. Now, whether you've been married for 50 years or you've been married for five months or maybe um, you're sitting on your couch right now and you just texted the girl of your dreams and you're waiting for her to respond, this is, this is a good word for you. This is a good lesson from you, um, for you. It's a good lesson for you. So uh, I want to take us to Matthew uh, chapter 25, um, uh, the, the parable of the talents, right? So Jesus gives us a, a parable. Um, the Greek word parable, the, the phrase for parable means to come alongside. So, so there's this truth uh, that God, that Jesus wants us to know, and he tells us a parable. He comes alongside of that truth with a story. Um, and we're going to talk about the parable of the talents. I want to read it. And then uh, my guess is you've probably never heard this um, laid over marriage. So I want to read it and then talk about, about marriage. This is something that, that I heard from Tim Dunn, a friend of mine out in Kansas City, and it is so, so good. So the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability, then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more. He who had the two talents made two more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. And the master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear that. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered unto me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. He said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering seed where you did not scatter. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be more given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast this worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now often when we, when we hear this story, we think about um, um, talents either financially. Uh, we think about that in, in, in light of our giftings and, and how we're to exercise those giftings. But, but I want you to hear this today and I want to lay it over the grid of, of, of marriage. So everything in your life um, is a good gift from God. So, so everything is, is given to us from the master, right? And, and some of us, we've been given more gifts, right? We've been given more talents. We've been given more opportunity, right? Some of us have been given more faith. The Bible even teaches that, that God doesn't give out faith equally. Like there are more faithful people than others, Right? So, so all this stuff comes from God, and it's not about how much you've been given. And it's not about what you've been given. The question is, what do you do with it? Like, how do you steward it? How do you, how do you exercise that to take ground for King Jesus and bring glory to God? So here's what you need to hear. Um, your wife, your fiancé, your girlfriend, your future wife, before she was any of that, she was God's daughter. God made her in his likeness, in his image. So before she's your, your girlfriend, before she's your fiance, before she's your spouse of 30 years, man, she is, she is God's daughter. And, and at some point, God is going to give her to you. He's going to to loan her to you for you to love her like he loved his church, like the way he loved his bride and laying down his life for her. So that's what God's going to do. And I don't know what type of wife you have or what type of wife he's going to give you. I don't know if she's a one talent, two talent, five talent wife. I have no idea. But here's what I do know. When the master returns and, and you have to present your bride, like you have to present his daughter back to him, it is not going to go well for you if your response is, well, God, here she is. At least I didn't break her. Oh, master, welcome back. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're back. Uh, remember your daughter, um, who you gave to me. Um, here she is. I didn't hurt her. Um, I didn't harm her. As a matter of fact, 
I'm going to give her back to you in the same way you gave her to me and, and we're cool. It's great. You gave me one talent. Man, here's the one talent back. Uh, let's just call it evens. We're cool. Listen to God's response. Cast this worthless servant into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you say that, it's going to be bad for you. God has given you his daughter. He's given you this amazing bride, or he's going to give to you his daughter, an amazing bride. She may be one talent, two talent, five talent, I don't know. But when he comes back, you had best be ready to hand him ten talents. You had best be ready to hand him four talents. You had best be ready to hand him two talents. You need to double the investment. When God gives you his daughter, it's not going to be good for you to say, well, at least I didn't break her. No, the question is, is she becoming a better wife? Is she a better mother? Is she a better friend? Is she a better follower of King Jesus because she's married to you? That's the question you have to ask yourself every day. I've been a husband now, a husband of 15 years. Man, I love my Wife, my, my marriage is a picture of the gospel, right? I grew up backwoods, Kentucky, poor as dirt, didn't have anything. Um, my wife, uh, she grew up in an affluent family. Her father's a doctor, right? So, so the, the, the day we get married, right? My wife had a, had a savings account, I didn't. The day we get married, all of a sudden, I have a savings account. It's amazing. <laughs> Everything that was hers became mine. That's a picture of the gospel, right? I am poor and wretched and destitute. I'm nothing but a miserable sinner. And the king of kings, man, he gives his life for me. And everything in his account, his righteousness gets credited to my account. It's amazing. Like marriage is a picture of the gospel, Man, how are you stewarding that picture? Are you, are you taking God's daughter, God's, God's gift to you, and are you making her better? Could she stand up and say to a watching world, I'm a better disciple of King Jesus because that man's my husband. I'm a better mother because that man's my husband. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better woman because that man is my husband. Like, that's what you want. That's all, that, that's all that's going to count. Anything less than that, you're in trouble. I don't want God to come back and you turn your bride back over to him and you say, we're even. It's not going to go well for you. You have to lead her better than that. A spirit initiated man leads God's daughter, leads God's woman better than that. So how do we do that? How do we do that? First, we have to love her like Christ loved the church, giving his life for the church. You need to be willing to lay down your life for God's daughter, for God's woman, your wife. I love what Dallas Willard said. I think Dallas Willard gave us the best definition of love that, that, that I've ever heard.
He said, love is simply having someone else's best interest at heart. Love is simply having someone else's best interest at heart. Every day you have to wake up. Every decision you make, every step you take, and you have to ask yourself, is this in my wife's best interest? Is this in God's daughter's best interest? And if it is, move in that direction. If it's not, don't move in that direction. And if you're not sure, pray about it until you know. But love is having her best interest at heart. It's dying to yourself, sacrificing your needs, sacrificing your wants. Sometimes it's sacrificing your dreams so that you can do what's best for your wife. I just experienced this a few years ago. I was offered the job of a lifetime, my dream job, but it was not in the best interest of my wife or my children to move. And I sacrificed that dream to stay put. And I hate staying put. I am a troubadour. I am a restless, wandering spirit. Setting down and being still is the worst punishment for me. Time out was like, like hell. But I had to sit down and I had to be still and stay right where I was for the betterment of my wife, for the betterment of my children. Man, are you going to be willing to die to self to meet her needs, to consider her needs is more important than your own. I do, I, 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 I get to marry people. I, I, I get to marry a lot of people. And every, every premarital class I've ever done, I write, that, I write that passage on the board that every soon-to-be wife, you know, hates. Um, you know, wives submit to your husbands. And, you know, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. And I always ask the woman, what word up here do you, do you hate? Can you not stand? And a and hundred for a hundred, it's the word submit. So I circle the word submit on the board and I say, that's really not the word you have a problem with. The word you have a problem with is down here. And I go and I circle the word husband and I look at the man and I say, listen, when you lead her well and when you love her well, she has no problem submitting to your authority. She has no problem following your lead when you are loving her and serving her the way Christ loved the church. She will have a problem submitting to you and following you when you're not treating her like she deserves. When you're not treating her like God's daughter. Remember, before she was your wife, she was his daughter and he's coming back to take account. He's coming back to count the talents. And my prayer for you is you're doubling down on the money. That's what you want. That's where you want to be. You do that first by loving her unconditionally. Dying to self for her betterment. Having her best interest on the front of your mind. I don't know what that looks like at work, church, your social life, whatever that is. But every decision I'm making, every step I'm taking, I'm asking myself, man, is this in the best interest of my wife, my marriage, my family? And if it's not, and I do it anyways, and listen, brothers, I've done it. Like I've done things that were not in my wife's best interest, not in my, my family's best interest. Do you know what that is? It is just selfishness. That's all it is. It is pride and arrogance and ego and selfishness, the stuff I should be dying to. So that's first. Man, are you, are you loving her? 
Are you loving her uh, the way God has called you? Second, loving her, as we have alluded to, is, is, is serving her well. Serving her well. Are her physical needs being met? And I'm just not talking sexually, right? Like typically that's the one thing we're pretty good at. Like I'll meet your sexual needs. Like my wife's not starved for sex. Typically I'm, I'm, the pump is primed and I'm ready. But I'm talking about her, her, her physical needs. Are you there providing for her, right? Are you living the type of lifestyle um, to where if your wife doesn't want to work, she doesn't have to. Like if she chooses to stay home and, and perhaps take care of the kids instead of working, are you living the type of lifestyle where that's okay? Or is the speedboat and the third car and maybe the vacation home and things of that nature, is it, is it causing your wife to be like an indentured servant? Where she has to work to maintain the style of life you want to live. And listen, don't hear me say that women shouldn't work or can't work. Man, I, I, I love seeing women, you know, um, progress professionally. And, 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 and I love seeing women, you know, earn an amazing wage. Like, that's great. If, if, if that's what the Lord has for your wife, that's amazing. What I'm telling you as a man, that if your, husband, if, if your wife doesn't want to do that, like, are you in a place financially, physically to where she can? And it's just not physical support. Like, emotionally, are you supporting your wife, you know she's an emotional creature, right? Like men tend to not be emotional creatures. Women are emotional creatures. It doesn't make them less than. It doesn't make us better. It's just part of God's design. So are you making the, the time to be with her? For years, I thought my wife's love language was gifts of service. So I'm cleaning out the table. I'm doing dishes. I'm sweeping the floors. And it's not really doing anything for her. And I'm like, why is she not responding to this? Like, why is she not getting up for this? Well, the reality is um, her love language wasn't gifts of service. Her love language was the gift of time. She just wanted to spend time with me. My wife would rather have me sit on the couch and tell her about my day than, than do dishes 100 nights in a row. So for my wife, it's, it's my time she needs. I bet a lot of your wives need the same thing. Like, they're just wanting to spend time with you. They're wanting to be pursued again like, like it was when you first met. Do you remember the nostalgia of that? You know, the honeymoon phase when you had first met, how you would pursue her, how you would be interested in her, how you could sit and, and fall asleep on the phone together. You know she longs for that, like she wants that. They surveyed a ton of men and a ton of women who, who had an extramarital affair. They cheated on their spouse, right? And when asked what caused that, it, it wasn't the sex. Like the sex was in last place. The majority of people responded with, I wanted to feel the nostalgia again. I wanted to feel the, 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 the pursuit and the being pursued. In other words, they, they wanted the romancing. Man, a lot of your wives are needing that right now, man. They just want to feel like you care, like you're there, like you're ready and, and up for listening. Be present. Never under, underestimate the ministry of proximity 
Just be near her. So you want to you want to love her and you want to you want to self-sacrifice for her. You want to you want to serve her well. You want to you want to meet her physical needs, emotional needs, her spiritual needs. Believe it or not, your wife wants you to lead her spiritually. She wants you to lead in prayer. She wants you to lead in getting up and going to church. She wants you to lead in singing those worship songs. She doesn't want to have to take the lead. From the very beginning in Genesis, it was designed for you to, to take the lead. It was Adam's passivity that caused all the trouble to begin with. That's why there in Genesis 3, when God's given out the curses, right? He tells the, the snake, um, you'll be cursed and, and you're gonna, your belly is going to be in the dust. You're going to be on the ground and the seed of the woman, is his heel is going to crush your head. And, and he tells the man, um, I'm going to curse the ground that you work and, and it'll be through thorns and thistles, right? And, and, and labor is going to be just that laborious and, and, and you're going to hate it. And he, and he tells the woman, he, it, it's interesting, he's giving out the curses. And at the end, he tells her, your desire will be for your husband. He's not talking about sexual desire. He's talking about um, the position I've given your husband. You will now desire that position. So your husband, who is now passive and lazy, and when things get hard, he's going to quit. You're going to want to supersede, and, and, and you're going to want that position, and it's going to cause constant conflict between uh, uh, him and her, which is why the majority of fights in my home, the majority of conflicts with me and my wife is when I'm not leading well. <laughs> It's when she has to do something that I should be doing. So, so, so men, your, your wife, God's woman, is like waiting for you to lead her well, to step up physically and emotionally and spiritually and lead in your home, lead in your church, lead in your community. So you're going to love her well. You're going to serve her well. And then lastly, man, you're going to be super intentional in how you steward the relationship, right? You need to create um, milestones and moments, right? And we all have milestones in our marriages, right? The day, uh, the day we propose, the day we get married, you know, the fifth anniversary, the 10th anniversary, the 20th anniversary, when you have your first child, when you buy your first home, like, like you have these, these, these milestones that, that kind of happen over the course of time. And you typically are really good about celebrating those anniversary dinners, anniversary trips, buying the first home, carrying her through the door, things of that nature. Milestones come much easier than moments. It's the day-to-day -day monotonous moments that you've got to buckle in, you've got to grind, and you've got to stay faithful. Man, you've got to stay active. You've got to stay in love with her. That doesn't happen naturally. Man, that happens with intentional effort. It happens through prayer, happens through leading well, it happens through serving, it happens through, 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 through planning things. Like, like I, I plan things with my wife so that we can keep the fire burning. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't let it get too many months ahead of us before I'm planning a, a staycation or a one night trip or a three, 
a, a, a three-day, two-night trip where we're just getting away, her and I, away from our crazy kids, away from our crazy neighbors and community, and it's just her and I to reconnect, to talk about goals that we have. Once a year, my wife and I talk about goals and aspirations. I just learned something new about my wife. My wife wants to have a cadaver dog. She wants to buy a dog and train it up to go search for missing and dead people. Like, I had no idea. Made me a little nervous. I had no idea. <laughs> But I just learned this about her. We had, we had one of those moments where we got away and we shared about our hopes and our dreams, right? And, and they change as we get older. I want to be a student of my wife. I want to be learning things about my wife every month, every year that, that, that maybe I didn't know the year or two before. So I'm being intentional with these moments and with these milestones. And, and I'm telling you, man, that's what spirit-initiated men do. Right? If you, if you intentionally love your wife as Christ loved the church, willing to lay down your life for her, putting her needs, her desires, her wants, her dreams before and above your own, if, you, if, you're, if, if, if you're ready to engage with your wife and serve her well, meet her, right? Read Gary Chapman's five love languages. Meet her um, um, in her love language and, and, and serve her well and, and never underestimate the ministry of proximity. If you create um, not, just, not just milestones, but moments to where you keep the fire going, man, you, not only is your marriage going to, going to be thriving, you're not just going to survive, you're going to thrive. My guess is when Jesus returns and says, okay, um, what did you do with my daughter? You can say, hey, God, um, let's be real. You handed me a four-talent wife. Man, here's eight talents. God, you gave me a five-talent wife. Good on you. Here's ten talents. Like, she's a better wife. She's a better mother. She's a better lover. She's a better disciple of King Jesus because she was with me. And I can say that in all confidence in you, Lord. Here's ten talents. And what's God going to say? He's going to say, oh, that's phenomenal. You took my daughter and you made her better. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the service of the master. Oh, I can't wait for him to say that. Not just about my faith journey, not just about my works, but how I steward my marriage. Loving and serving God's woman. Well, if you... If you want to learn more about that, you can check out our organization, Better Man. That's Better Man at betterman.com. We have the Better Man podcast, Better Man social media. We have curriculum. We have resources, all free for men, large groups, small groups, free for the church. You can find those resources at betterman.com. And I am so, so thankful to be journeying with you uh, the last four or five weeks, man. It's been awesome. Uh, Every Man Ministries, the men's uh, live global stream. It's been great. I wish you the best. I, 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 I want you to be that spirit initiated man. I want you to be good trouble, man. I want hell to know your name and I want heaven to applaud every move. Go be the good trouble. God has designed you and created you to be. Brothers, I love you. I'm praying for you. Be blessed.